before you guys broke 40 million bucks in AR, you're over 100 million now today, right? Uh, I can't comment on revenue. But those are public. Uh, that 100 million number you guys put out in press release, I believe. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Steve Hartert. He's the Vice President of Enterprise Operations at JotForm with responsibilities that include marketing, brand, and corporate partnerships. Before JotForm, he is president at Hartert & Associates, a marketing consultancy that worked with B2B and B2C SaaS companies. He's got more than 30 years of experience in the space with companies like the Walt Disney Company, Ministry of Transport in Australia, and Blue Cross uh, CA. All right, JotForm.com. Steve, you ready to take us to the top? Let's go for it. Now, just so you understand the origin story here, you were not an original co-founder, right? How did you get involved? What year? Um, I've been with JotForm since uh, 2000, March of 2016. That's when I started working here. They, uh, I started off as the in the marketing side, helping them build up the marketing department as a CMO. And then about, uh, I guess about four years ago now, we decided we wanted to start up a new division for enterprise and uh was kind of asked to head up that part of it and as that grew i kind of had to leave the marketing side of uh, marketing side alone and then kind of move over to help grow this new division mm-hmm. and uh so i think if you looked at the headcount i'm going to say i was i'm probably in the first 50 employees that were hired for the company so i've seen us grow from you know from where we were to uh we we're closing in on 400 employees now that's incredible. I mean, and and just to put that in revenue terms, I mean, you joined before before you guys broke forty million bucks in AR. You're over a hundred million now today, right? Uh, I can't comment on revenue. Oh, those are public. Uh, that hundred million number you guys put out in a press release, I believe. Uh, let me pull. Up, let me pull up the source on that and read it. Hold on. Okay. Let me make sure I'm getting that right. Uh, but po- point being, though, you've seen revenue growth, and not just headcount growth. You've also, you know, watched significant revenue growth as well. Oh yeah, we've 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 seen tr- uh, incredible revenue growth across yeah. all, all aspects. So let, let's go let's go and talk about that, right? So um, you're obviously competing in a space. There's a lot of venture back companies, right, in your same space. There's some also that are bootstrap, very capital efficient. What's been your guys' go to market? How have you grown the user base? Um, you know, we're bootstrapped. We've we've never taken a dime of any investor money anywhere. So all of our you know all of our growth has been purely organic. And what you know, what we focused on really is is delivering a good, solid, high quality product, right? And making the user experience good. But our marketing has really been revolving around SEO. Um, mm-hmm. We have really kind of planted our flag on the SEO side, and uh, and have used that and leveraged that tremendously across all different types of platforms. I mean, not only just in you know, like say traditional text types of content, but also in video content has been very big for us, also. What does that mean? How do you how do you think about video SEO? Well, I mean, video you can use the the the, uh, the descriptions inside of things like YouTube and uh, other types of channels, and then uh, the video is what helps draw people in. So you can use things like a transcript of, of what your you know what your video is, whether it's a two minute demo video or a four or five minute newsletter video, or very much of a long form type of a podcast. Uh, video, those kinds of things, you c- you can include those transcripts in different places, and then it helps drive the SEO trip. 
Mm-hmm. Now I'm on I'm on the YouTube page, your guys' YouTube page today. Uh, it looks like you know you guys post things like how to create a property listing online, how to start an online clothing business from home, three widgets that will help you increase form completion rate. How do you guys come up with what things to put in the title? Obviously, there's there's search traffic research going into that. Well, a lot of it is yeah, a lot of it's brainstorming internally, but we also look at what our what our customers are asking for through our support channel, right? So if they're asking just to support, I want to do this. How do I do that? And so we'll come back and we'll just start looking at that and go, well, how can we build some video around that? Or how can we build some kind of content around that? And as a result, and it helps drive all the, all of our other materials that come with it. And the benefit of things like the video is they have very long shelf lives. I mean, those things can last several years as far as an item goes versus something like just say an article that could be posted. The shelf life might be just a couple of months and then that gets kind of archived, but video lives forever, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. So there's a video playbook here. There's an SEO playbook here. What does your SEO team look like today? Or and is it in-house or outsourced? It's all internally. So how many folks did you say are on that team? And, and what are sort of the roles look like? Well, I mean, we've got a, we've, we've got a couple of dozen people that are doing on the SEO site, but I mean, really what it comes down to is they look at, they're constantly pouring over those, the, the keywords that people are looking at, how they're finding us, what types of phrases they're looking for, uh, you know, not only just in a general sense, but also based on a region, you know, regional type of mm-hmm. situation. So from different geographies that we're looking at people say in the Middle East versus the EU versus North America versus Asia or the APAC region, those types of things. We kind of build our SEO around those types of locations. And so we can actually kind of identify little pockets of populations that are looking for specific types of forms. And then around that, then we can wrap content around that that helps address those SEO components. Yep. And when you, I spoke, actually, you were right. It, It was back in 2017 when we last spoke. So a while ago, you told me that customers could get on and on average, we're paying about 300 bucks a month for JotForm. Has that stayed pretty consistent? Is the ARPU still about 300 bucks a year? Um, again, I'm not going to comment specific dollars on revenue, but I mean, our, our revenue bases continued to grow as we've added, um, sorry, sorry, added on top See, of not, this. Not, I'm not asking about revenue. I, I'm talking about if someone listening right now, I'm trying to help them market here. If someone listening right now wants to use JotForm, what are they going to probably pay on average per month? Well, I mean, again, they can use their, their single plans or what we call our bronze, our bronze, silver gold plans, which are our single user plans. And those are listed on the website. They go anywhere high as $99 a month to, to $39 a month for our bronze plans. And if they want to move up to our enterprise plans, again, there's a minimum of five users on that. And that starts uh, it's about $7,200 a year for that without HIPAA okay. compliance and things like that. So, you know, it depends on what your needs are as part of what part as part as what somebody's actually going to be investing in the product. Okay, but the cheapest price point I just heard you mentioned was thirty nine bucks a month, so that's the starting point. Correct. Yeah, we also you know we're a freemium model, so we also have a free model or a free product that people can actually use, and you know, like anything else, it's limited to a certain number of forms and submissions you can get every month, but it allows people to, to test it out, but you know, basically dip their toe in the water and see if that's if the product works for them, and we find that people generally look at that, and then once they get that test because it's low risk for them they will jump all over it. Then they want to start moving up through our paid platforms. And again, yeah. it's, it's consumption-based. So the more you use it, the higher up in the, in the pricing tier somebody would have to move. But uh, we found that people are very agreeable to that because it, it allows them to actually find a, a pricing point that fits their needs. Uh, MailChimp, 2,000 free emails, product-led growth is important. Obviously, finding what the metric is and how much you give away free is challenging. I imagine, obviously, you're always testing this. But talk to me about the process you use to make sure what you give away in the free tool is just enough, but not too much. 
Yeah, I mean, we also look at usage. Uh, you know, we look at how people are using the product, how people are, uh, you know, consuming it. Very, very, you know, across all different platforms for us, right? Whether it's whether it's domestically or in the U.S. or it's somebody say in Canada, Italy, you know, France, Australia, wherever. We look at how they're using it, and we and so we've been able to identify kind of where this division is between what we would consider, say. Um, you know, kind of as a light user, that's a casual user, maybe it's somebody that's, you know, a very small business, or they just have very light needs, to where somebody's actually using it to drive their business, whether it's, you know, e-commerce, or they're using it to take orders online, or they're using it for taking reservations or something like that. And then we've been able to identify where that division actually happens. And then so from that point, we've been able to kind of put in those pricing tiers as a result of that. So for example, our free plan, you're allowed up to five forms, and you get 100 okay. submissions a month per form. So, you know, if somebody's, a, again, that's a fairly light kind of of a user that doesn't have, you know, a lot, like maybe it's a small school, maybe it's a, a small nonprofit, something like that. Um, you know, you just don't have a lot of demand, but it works for you. But then again, as your business grows or as your organization grows, then you can just move up the, move up the plan ladder if that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And, and how many submissions perform do you allow on the free plan? Uh, you get a hundred. 100 per uh, hundred. So if you have five yeah. forms, 100 submission sheets, it's 500 submissions basically is the max. Well, yeah, in total. But I mean, you get 100 per oh. form. So if that form hits its 100, then it's basically that form kind of caps out for that month for you. I see. I see. And is that the most, I mean, when you look at your no touch sales model, is it really that it's people hit the 100 mark and then they convert no touch? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because once they hit that, they get, you know, they'll, they'll log in and they'll get um, just a, a display pops up. Uh, they're logged into our system, then they'll get a display that says, "Hey, you've reached your maximum number of you know submissions for the month." Uh, to continue, you need to upgrade to our uh, what would be our bronze plan, and then at that point, then if they say yes, they can do it. Otherwise, they can say, "Well, you know what? I'll just go ahead and I'll start deleting out some of those older submissions from earlier in the month, or I'll export out a bunch of things or something." So, mm-hmm. it depends on how that user wants to do it. But we find that most people, once they get to that point, they realize this has become a valuable tool for their business and you know, the path for them to upgrade, they look at it and think this is a key component. So they don't have a problem wanting to do an upgrade at that point. And Steve, how do you, how do you look at this data coming in every month, every year, every week, uh, you know, and basically go, okay, is a hundred the right number or should it be a thousand or should it be 10? Like, do, do you reverse engineer and say, we want 5% of freezers to convert. And then you just, you know, toggle by based off that, or how do you do that? Uh, we really just, we, I mean, what we do is we look at where that number is. We look at our numbers on a daily basis, sometimes, you know, several times a day, but we look at them on a daily basis and then we aggregate them across different, you know, the geographies versus the time frame. So we might look at, you know, again, what's, what's going on in Australia on a monthly basis versus what's going on in uh, Canada on a monthly basis, those kinds of things. But we find it's fairly, it's fairly consistent for us. Um, you know, sometimes it depends on what the, what the industry is somebody's using. So, for example, during you know the last couple of years with COVID, uh, healthcare use exploded, right? I mean, they they needed it and you know desperately needed it because they suddenly had to go to you know no contact types of uh, environments and things like that. But what we did for them is we said, okay, look, if you're a verified healthcare provider, whether you're a doctor or a health clinic or a hospital, whatever, we gave it to you for free. We gave you one of our silver plans for free for you know for a year, so you could just get in there and do what you had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to help people. So the, those kinds of things we look at, but then we also look at that and go, well, how are people consuming the product? Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes back down to. And so we always look at it, but we found that those that are, are you know, the thresholds where people need to move are, have remained consistent because we find that those seem to be pretty good barometers of how we want to move things along. 
Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products, that's plural, forward slash valuations. Again, both plural, founderpath.com forward slash products, forward slash valuations. Well, what is that barometer? Maybe this isn't specific to type to, to, to jot form specifically, but when you look at like type form, others in the space, and other just frankly PLG tools that have a big freemium plan, what do you, as a guy that just studies marketing, like to see in terms of what you consider a good free to paid conversion rate? Is it one percent, five percent, ten percent? Well, I think everybody wants to get it higher than they can. I mean, a good five per, a good five percent is about the industry average. It seems okay. like for for, for freemium, and I'm talking about all SaaS products, not just yep. in the farm world. Um, but a five percent conversion rate seems to be pretty solid for people, and it varies. Some people can be even smaller because you know they could be down to one quarter, but they're you know they're what they're trying to do is get as many people into the pipe, so they're doing it on a volume basis. But about a five percent conversion rate. Uh, you know, is about I think is about the industry average. We you know we look at that to see how do, how do we stack up against that industry and and again it varies. Some months are better than others, and some months you know. But everybody seems to kind of bubble along that that certain that certain five percent threshold. But true or false? If you had six months go by where you were at four percent, four percent, four percent, four percent, would you change something about the freemium paywall to try and get back up above five? No, not necessarily. I mean, we would look at it and go, is this thing that, is it just a certain industry? Is it some other kind of economic condition? Is it, you know, what what would be causing that? But the point is, we don't want to sit there and keep kind of adjusting that that threshold because then it becomes confusing to the to our customers because they'll say, wait a second, last month it was this, this month it's that. And now you've got people all, all over the place on different kinds of tiers. And that just leads to a lot, a lot of confusion for people. Yep. Now, I believe you guys did celebrate publicly on your blog. You guys, well, first off, when you joined, how many total years? Because you just celebrated a 10 million milestone, right? So do you remember what the growth is? As far as what do you mean growth for when you joined base? in 26? Yeah, when you no, 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 with just users, what you guys already published, right? So when you joined in 2016, what was the total number of users? Uh, we were probably around, I want to say we're probably, I think we had just done about 3 million users. Okay, wow. And then you guys celebrated 9 million, I believe, in 2020, and you announced 10 million here this year. Is that correct? Correct. That's great. And so is that sort of the, the goal for this year is just keep adding a million new users per year? Um, actually, we're growing faster than that. I mean, our, our numbers oh, wow. can continue to climb. I mean, yeah, and again, the COVID world has, has really kind of turned the entire business industry on its, on its you know, upside down. Um, a lot of people came to us during the last two years because they just, they needed something. And uh, they needed a product that could actually help them collect information without having to be face-to-face with people like, you know, kind of the olden the olden days were so what they ended up doing was they they just kind of went into almost like panic mode and they said hey i need a free registration form i need a a patient intake form things like that and that's where seo came into the mix and then helped drive the traffic to us and then convert those people to uh, to users and then eventually into paid users Mm -hmm. and steve was your in terms of price point of your cheapest plan today 39 dollars a month was it always 39 or did you test five dollars a month early on or 20 bucks a month what does that look like 
Uh, we started it off at around, uh, I think it was $19 a month at one point. I mean, we have sales during the course of the year too. We'll have like a big end of year sale where we discount it. We also have uh, a discount for nonprofits and uh, education users, those types of things. But it's really come down to, as we look at what the competition's doing, we look at, you know, what our costs are, right? Because I mean, obviously you can't, you can't have a price from five years ago and have it be consistent today just because that, you know, our cost of business goes up as well as everybody else's goes up. So, but there's a lot of things that we do to, we don't want to be the cheapest on the block, but we also know we don't need to be the most expensive. We try to look at what we can offer a fair value to our customers and what we think is fair. And we have not had really, you know, complaints from customers if a price goes up, because what we do also is when people are on a previous plan, they grandfather in at that plan. So, or grandfather in at that price. So they don't, they're not, our existing customer base does not really get impacted by price increases. It's only going to be incoming, new. new incoming types of customers. Yeah. And who would you, anyone, obviously, you know, I'm saying market your competitors on the show, but just for my audience to understand the world you're playing in, I mean, who do you consider sort of in your same space? Well, I mean, some of the some of the ones that we always run into. You got your form stacks and your type forms. Uh, those are, those are kind of the ones we always run into. I mean, there's Cognito forms and uh, there's Wufu uh, come in the mix every so often. But we also run into people that use Google forms and Microsoft forms. Uh, yeah. Even though those two are are free products, uh, what we have found people look at those and they, particularly like Google forms and Microsoft forms, they say those are, they're fairly limited in what they can do and they need something more sophisticated. And so yeah. they turned to us and you know, looking for assistance. Which of these two things, you've been at the company now for, well, you know, approaching eight, eight years, I think. Which of these two things do you think is more likely to happen first? Uh, the company bootstraps its way and breaks 150 million bucks of ARR, or uh, the company bootstraps, grows, and decides, you know what, there's a big opportunity here. Let's go public, raise money, maybe buy up competitors, grow faster. W- which one do you think is more likely? Uh, probably the first one. I think okay, the first so you guys love the bootstrapping, right? Yeah, I mean that's really kind of been our our mantra since day one. That's our CEO's whole you know methodology to it, and it's worked great for us. I mean, some companies it doesn't work for them, but for us it has been absolutely perfect. And there's definitely have benefits to not having uh, investor money uh, on the side because you just don't have a lot of competing interests uh, on a, from a board of directors perspective. We can look at things and we can talk as a group you know, determine what we want to do and we can just focus on it. So if we need to turn on a dime, we don't need to justify it to a, to a board of directors or something like that. We can just, we can do what we need to do and get it done. Uh, any product coming down the pipeline, you know, if you guys have 10 million users and you converted 5%, now this is probably high, but let's say you have 500,000 paid customers. If you sell them a $20, you know, a month new product that goes nicely with their forms, that's a lot of revenue expansion. Do you have a second or third product coming down the pipeline? Um, we're also looking at adding new features, um, but as far as new products go, I can't comment on what we've got in the pipeline, but we definitely have always got new features coming up. So we're looking at different types of uh, payment integrations. We're looking at making you know, different types of uh, back-end, adjust- uh, back-end feature adjustments for people, like how to pull your data out, how to analyze your data better in the back-end types of systems. So it's one thing to get all your data, but we want to have better tools in place to help people kind of you know, analyze the data. So we, we've built our, uh, rebuilt our interfaces. So it looks almost like a spreadsheet type of model. Um, So people can actually look at things easier. They can sort it out. They can, you know, whatever types of parameters they want to work with. And then also push that data into other types of products, you know, whether it's a CRM or, or something else that people want to work with. Um, But it's, you know, making very easy to use dashboards, make things very, very user-friendly, those types of things. So it's, you know, we're kind of taking the no code, 
um, environment to, to heart on this and making it really, really simple for people to kind of customize their experience, you know, not only in the front end where they're building forms, but also on the back end when they're trying to interpret all that data. Steve, last question here before we wrap up with a famous five, fill in the blank here. Uh, sometime in the past six months, uh, you tested X channel with $10,000 of spend and the results surprised you. What's X? Um, billboards. Billboards. Really? How do you even track a billboard conversion? Uh, you, you can do it. You just got to be you... really, you got you to be good at it. I mean, because you can put them in certain regions and, um, you know, you don't just blast like the, like here in San Francisco where we're located, you know, hit the entire Bay Area. You might just focus on a real specific neighborhood, say down, you know, further south down towards Silicon Valley or a very specific neighborhood here in, the, in San Francisco itself. And you see what kind of response you get out of that. And uh, so you can, if you want to look at an individual billboard, Unless you've got one, no. But if you can look at other billboards, you can look at a group of billboards and you can say, hey, look, this generated X amount of business for us. So there's potential in here. Huh. What does a monthly cost to get a big billboard in like San Mateo? I just have no idea. It's like five grand a month or are they really expensive? <laughs> you know, it's all over the place. It's, it's I can't give you a definitive price because it, it varies on traffic size of billboard, for how long you're going to be there. So there's a whole lot of... How do you even get that data? Do you, do you work with a broker? Is there a website people go to like, you know, billboardpricing.com or... <laughs> oh, when you go to the billboard company, usually it's like Clear Channel is like always the big, it's like the biggest beast on the block when it comes to billboards but you can go to you can go to clear channel for example and say hey we want to we're looking at this billboard on this street can you give us information on it and wow you know again it depends on the size of the board and whether <laughs> which direction it's facing those kinds of things um because it you know it all comes down to eyeballs and so you want to maximize your eyeballs as you're going to get on that thing and so they can look at it and they they know that how much traffic goes by at a given point during the day how many times you're, you know, if it's one of these, you know, electronic billboards where it's going to be revolving with other ads, you're going to get these many types of, you know, uh, placements of the day and things like that. So, again, the price varies depending on really the, geog the specific geography where that billboard is going to be located at. Uh huh. Now I'm clicking through all the pictures of your billboards and Google image results. So, <laughs> jot form, powerful forms, purple background, white text, yeah. rock and roll. So very simple branding. That's nice. Okay, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite book. Um, boy, favorite book. I've boy, I've read so many lately, but I, I think probably one of my favorite books is the Walter Isaacson Steve Jobs bio. Uh, yeah. A lot of really good business tips are in that book. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I still look to follow Tim Cook. The guy's got an incredible mind for business and he's, he's doing quite well there. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building JotForm besides your own? For building JotForm? Yeah, um, like a business I, tool. Uh, Google Sheets. Yeah, okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? About five. Okay, and Steve, what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? I am married and uh, we have a combined family. There's five total children in the family. Oh, wow. Okay. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 62 years old now. 62 years young. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Um, just be better at financing uh, from the business side of things. Is I wish I had paid more attention in my uh, finance classes because money is what makes the world go around. And as a marketer, the more you understand how money works, the better a marketer you really are.
Guys, there you have it. Steve joined JotForm back in the early days, 2016, when they were called around 3 million users. Now today, over 10 million users. He's trying to figure out, okay, let's make sure we get around a 5% conversion of free to pay. That's what he calls industry average. But he's leading the marketing team there today as they continue to scale up into hundreds of thousands of customers, all bootstrapped, which we love. Steve, thanks for taking us to the top. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.